Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Josh Brown. Hello. And Ash Millman. Hello. Now, we had a nice discussion about the idea of, like, double-A games when we were in the office before we came into here. Um, because there's a whole bunch of new stuff that sort of seems to be ticking the boxes of sometimes AAA-looking productions and gorgeous visuals, but with a slighter sort of reduced budget overall. And it's yeah. just, it's, no one's really, like, labeled this stuff yet, but we kind of go between, oh, indie games and AAA, but there's a whole middle, like, you know, load of stuff on the spectrum that we never really talk well, about. Well, that's because that middle ground just fell out at, like, <laughs> <laughs> the dawn of the 2010s we used to have publishers like THQ occupying that space and mm. then the publishers just decided you know what we're going to have indie games we're going to have our massive blockbusters and nothing in the middle mm-hmm. and I think we finally started to see the industry crawl out of that uh, weird paradigm and like get that middle space mm-hmm. back because yeah. like for me I was going to one of my opening sort of things was going to be like do you think that this generation overall has felt kind of like more manipulative than ever like for me it's there's kind of been this overarching big theme. question <laughs> I know but I think it's kind of like I don't know this generation for me has been this overarching feel of like I said manipulation and greed and things like that like we're going to like focus on the games but like the reason that I think these things stand out so much is because they're against the backdrop of like especially across the earliest um, the last few years kind of thing um, a lot of games is being filled with different microtransactions and different sort of setups that make you feel less valued as a consumer yeah I'd yeah. say it's really refreshing to turn on a game and not find something that's trying to eke your money out of you at the moment like you mm-hmm. turn something on it's like okay it's a tight little story tight little this tight little that it's all just designed around one big chunk of gameplay and nothing else no microtransactions mm. no anything else it's very much like ah oh, this is how games used to be that's yeah. notable <laughs> like it, it's 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 weird that that becomes the norm so easily all of the the greedy like give us all your money sort yeah of, like where they act and it is weird that we end up sort of saying like i'm so glad to just have a game that i can finish in a few hours yeah. that like has a nice set of game mechanics and a nice set like a nice structure and it's really rewarding and i can talk about the story and it's not like 300 hours long with a loot system genuinely playing control over the weekend and <laughs> finishing it over the weekend <laughs> yeah. was a joy i thought i'd that had vanished from the gaming yeah. world it's like there's so few and far between 
interesting. We have got a, a rundown of some games. Now, um, most of these are brand new, are sort of newer things that have come out from the last few weeks or whatever. But um, a really notable talking uh, turning point for the industry, I think, was Hellblade, oh, um, which yeah. was, you're going through it at the minute, Ash. Oh, you no, finished I it. finished it a little while back. Good. But, yeah. So, like, yeah, that was uh, Ninja Theory. They, their whole mission statement with that game was that they wanted to prove that you could do a AAA game with an indie budget. Um, and so I think it's developed and published both by them. Um, I forget exactly what the budget was, but it was notably less than what you'd associate with the vast majority of AAA stuff. Um, so we're going to talk about Hellblade for a bit. I think especially visually, it's absolutely mm. stunning. I love that they put a photo mode in it. So yes. you can just sort of like make the most of all the different visuals and everything. But it has such an indie soul. Like it's so just all about, um, I forgot, uh, Senua's uh, whole journey, but her dealing with psychosis and losing it, you know, kind of losing her mind, trying to figure out what's going on with her tribe and everything. But what do you guys think? I Everything you've said is, is really, really good <laughs> in that I think it does sort of differentiate itself. When you look at it, it looks gorgeous. And especially mm-hmm. the facial technology that they use and implement, like the way they bring those performances to life mm-hmm. is so kind of cutting edge and really, really relevatory. But at the same time, it really is a sort of indie game. You know, obviously it, it was made by with a small budget, like they published it themselves as mm-hmm. far as I know. And it's... Um, in contrast to what you expect an indie game to be because I think as the years have gone on and indie games have become more successful indie games are kind of defined more by their aesthetic than they are sort of production sort of specifications or criteria like you can look at an indie game and if it's 2D it's got a lush art style you will say that's an indie game even if it might have funding from a major player Mm -hmm. so I think when it comes to like these AA games especially Hellblade it's sort of it's a good example of how it kind of draws the line between what you expect from an indie title but also what you expect from a proper AAA blockbuster mm-hmm. because it like, looks like one and yeah. it plays like one mm-hmm. but also it doesn't it doesn't have that same mentality it's telling a story it's very focused it's a very interesting weird game that doesn't do everything right but mm-hmm. has a lot of soul but it's yeah. like, like you said for the indie label like for the longest time if someone said indie it just meant pixel platformer yeah. um, which like for the longest time it was me screaming at you to buy stuff now, I've got 4K <laughs> I want the HD things Celeste, Celeste. I know Celeste <laughs> just play Celeste um, Ash what did you make of Hellblade because you've been through it recently out of yeah, us. Yeah, I really enjoyed Hellblade. I think it still stands up. It's only been a couple of years old, isn't it? It's not yeah, massively old. But um, I think it stands up fantastically. Again, as this whole double A, the double A thing really pops me because it just sounds like batteries. <laughs> but like, um, I feel They like, were the best batteries, to be fair. Yeah, they are. They're so useful. Yeah. They're versatile. And it's the same way as these games as well, you yeah. know? Segway back into that. Good. The, um, the Hellblade was, it's a lovely game. And like Josh said, it has loads of soul, has loads of heart. It has something to say. It feels like a game that is trying mm. to tell you something and teach you something as you're going through it rather than uh, capitalize on the experience in a different way that like AAA games can do mm-hmm. with microtransactions and with like a whole uh, paying aspect and they've spent years and years and years making something massive and sprawling and huge and you can get lost in that whereas mm-hmm. this I feel like had a very driven pointed way of delivering its narrative that meant something as much as it did enjoying the experience mm. I think like it kind of like it highlights like how val- how much value there is in a good story like I think mm-hmm. a lot of people absolutely love something like Spider-Man or God of War mm-hmm. like, obviously they're in the AAA space um, but like God of War's story is so nuanced and it takes like you know it, it plays its cards really carefully and like you really do fall back in love with Kratos and you love the journey that he's on and it's like you like it's uh, that's more of a rarity though if you go back across the last few years like it's hardly you know you can hardly think of any sort of major AAA games that have really meaningful stories behind them yeah. whereas like these games in this kind of new space we're sort of exploring like nearly all of them have meaningful stories I think there was a podcast last week about the potential pitfalls of trying to make a really good story in like an open world and I think as Mm -hmm. as this generation has embraced kind of sandboxes and these games as service models where a game is supposed to last forever like that runs antithetical to the idea of a story having a conclusion in itself so when you do get these games like Hellblade that come out and they're focused so 
firmly on telling a story and storytelling, the fact that you have a beginning, middle, and end, that structure in place just lends itself, in my opinion, better to better storytelling. Mm. Even though I love the likes of God of War or Spider-Man, and they tell really kind of amazing, heartbreaking, emotional yeah. stories, it's, it's, it's separated between chunks of, you know, lore and mythology that might not be as interesting, mm. or gameplay loops that, you know, go on for a bit too long, or missions that, you know, just feel like you're checking a box and not really progressing everything. It's mm. kind of broken up in a way that I think a lot of these games we're going to talk about just kind of aren't. Like, yeah. a lot of AA games for me are kind of... I can kind of identify them by the way they focus on one really interesting point, and they want to bring that to life using mechanics. It's not just a bunch of stuff thrown together. As good as that may be, I'm going to once again talk about Days Gone, because I can't go on <laughs> podcasts without talking about Days Gone, but good. that's a bunch of stuff put together. In, in isolation, they're all really interesting and engaging, but as a whole, it doesn't really coalesce into something meaningful. Mm. Whereas I think most of the AAA, AA games I've played do that. They might not have... The mechanics might not be as refined, but everything is informing a central part of the experience mm-hmm. and it's all built around one or a couple of key ideas and they do their best to really realize those within the frameworks or maybe even limitations that they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think a lot of it like revolves around budget as well. Like I think if you have a way smaller budget and a more focused team, I mean, like that, it, it lets them like stay with like, a creative lead the whole way through as opposed to something that, like, because the, the AAA gaming industry has such a fascination with open world stuff, like this massive platform of content that you can plug DLC into or whatever. And like, obviously I'm treating sort of the AAA label as this sort of nebulous label, but we nearly all know what it means. Yeah, like it is yeah. those sort of like big labyrinthine 800 hour long things that like you play for a bit and hardly anybody gets all the way through as opposed to things that become kind of hidden gems over time or whatever mm-hmm. that I think is kind of like reached the zenith at the minute. There's so many games right now that feel like they exemplify worthwhile titles that aren't over long and aren't all the same, like the opposite uh, way they aren't like pixel platformers mm-hmm. or things that are really tiny. Um, so another one down is A Plague Tale um, mm-hmm. which just yes. like kind of blew up all over Twitter like um, developed by Asobo, published by Focus Home um, and like Another thing to clarify as well is that although some of these games have really decent budgets, um, it's kind of the mentality that goes into them. It's mm. like something like Control um, looks absolutely gorgeous and stunning and everything, but um, it's not like it, if you ever play Control, like its general mentality is so indie, like it doesn't care about being yeah. overtly like three act structure or whatever. Um, and I think it's it's kind of the mentality of these games that like makes them feel like double A's or whatever. Um, but to stick with the Plague Tale, um, Josh, you've played way more of it than me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly I'm nearing the end. I'm okay. not quite all the way through it yet, but I have a firm grasp of kind of where it's going and especially the gameplay mechanics mm-hmm. which are very similar and based around stealth and puzzle solving and a lot of rats I'm not going to lie there are loads and loads of rats if you don't like rats scurrying around you're not going to like this game because it is more rats than a ghost spooky. song that's all I know about this game is rats man there's a lot of rats but no I think uh, Plague Tale is a good one I haven't got to the end of it yet so I'm not going to make any declarative statements about mm. its quality I'm really enjoying it but for me it kind of wears the potential limitations of double A games on its sleeve like right. you can see, especially when it comes to combat and the mechanical focus of it, it's less engaging than the story. And for me, that was the same case with Hellblade. Mm. I think we cut it a lot of slack. I, I like the combat in Hellblade, mm. but the puzzle it's solving, it's repetitive as hell, as is finding those symbols I around the environment. It. I really well, you're wrong. It. Ash. I liked it as well. <laughs> no, 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 I just wrong. No, no, I liked it as well. I liked it as well. But when you came out of that, and you can prove me wrong, 
but was like the main focus of Hellblade potentially, like the story and the characters rather than the gameplay. If it's not, yeah, no, then of, of that's totally it, fair. Of course it was. No, but I, I felt like the, the, the repetitive gameplay is informative to its theme, which is mental health and all that sort yes. of thing as well, mm. though, which yes. is a separate issue, maybe. I could t- I, you could totally like back up the, like, the idea of her being trapped and having every, like, you know, like the only thing that she has is fighting back against these endless hordes that keep coming. The idea that the, the combat is a loop and can get yeah. to become, become a grind and whatever. You could argue that that's intentional. I think it is, especially maybe. towards the end. There's that yeah. one where you get locked in. Oh, especially the end, yeah. Like, works really well but mm-hmm. yeah I'd say even even with those great themes in mind I'd say that perhaps you know you could look at it and say oh it's kind of repetitive oh it's kind of it's it's perhaps maybe the complexity of it it's very rudimentary you're doing mm-hmm. effectively the same thing over and over again and yes it does involve its themes but when you get to a game like a Plague Tale you're sort of doing the same thing again it's like oh, okay he's a section with the rats okay mm-hmm. he's a section where I have to sneak around dudes oh they said oh he's having sex with the rats oh, is what I thought no. he said. he's having sex that's with a different rats. indie game you know what? that we're not going to talk oh. about I haven't got to the end of this game yet so if that's a big spoiler <laughs> I don't know maybe that's how the game that's the big finishes. supernatural twist that, and that idea though of sort of like having like a handful of mechanics and then like repeating them the whole way through and putting the focus on characters or story or themes or like narrative or whatever like I think something like that kind of exemplifies what we're getting at because like sometimes you do have that where like the budget is reduced and you can you can see that the devs like managed to you know they only have a handful of different mechanics that they've put in there like Plague Tale is like you know you have the, the slingshot you can move a bunch of boxes around you have the light like the sort of light mechanics or whatever with moving the groups of rats at a time and that's mostly it like it kind of mm-hmm. repeats the whole way through um, but in the same token like old school games that means that you focus on the story because you're, you yeah. become comfortable with the gameplay and everything else starts to shine alongside it um, but in the Plague Tale's in a plague tales case i still think it's totally worthwhile highlighting as like something that kind of blew up and like you know i didn't really see many adverts for it or anything beforehand i don't mm-hmm. when the guy when you guys first heard of it literally for me it was just on random yeah. Life, like, yeah. yeah same yeah after the reviews came out and i was mm-hmm. kind of like wait, wait what yeah. what is this game and it's like sometimes like because i think a lot of um it's very easy like, if you know you look at the industry today and kind of you think like oh well there's not a massive amount of money being put into the advertising this thing's not going to do very well um but they, they i think people do seem to be gravitating towards these experiences Experiences. Like something like Man of Medan is in the UK charts. Mm-hmm. Um, Astral Train just topped the UK charts, which is just things like that are really good to see because I would assume that without this sort of massive advertising campaign, YouTube yeah. adverts and social media pushes I think, or whatever. You know, we're, we're potentially at fault about this as well. But I mean, mm. when it comes to the major AAA blockbuster releases, either they're really good and we get to talk about them and have a lot of fun and that's awesome, or they're kind of bad, but they're usually bad for all the same reasons <laughs> because yeah. they're so homogenous and all games, like not all games, but most games sort of adopt similar formulas or have some mm-hmm. mechanics, you're just kind of talking about the same things over and over again, whereas something like A Plague Tale, that has unique mechanics and unique focuses. So even when it kind of like isn't as good, it's mm. still interesting to talk about and pick it apart because yeah. it's not like anything else. Whereas yeah. if we talk about, I don't know, Far Cry New Dawn or something, having the same structures as the previous Far like, Cry, well, the drop rates weren't it's very like, good. Yeah, again. the drop rates weren't good, good. Microtransactions, we've talked about there's ad nauseum so mm-hmm. I think it just even in their failures potential failures they're just more interesting that's a brilliant way to put you know it I mean? that even a really naff double A game is still good yeah. or it's still yeah. fun to talk so, about yeah exactly because yeah. like even something like Control like I have a whole bunch of problems with the last 20 minutes of that game and it's like but that is way more interesting and there's more to talk about than Anthem than anything in Anthem well, yeah. so yeah. it's like yeah I mean I wrote down like a handful of things that I think have like represented like high profile failures of the likes that you, you mentioned and like Anthem Crackdown 3 Fallout 76 Agents of Mayhem Sea of Thieves like 
games that, like you said, you could. If I'd nebulously said that like the missions were very, very repetitive and I felt like I was getting the same gear over and over again, mm. that would apply to literally all of those games all yeah. at once. Um, whereas like things like a Plague Tale or Control or Sinking City or whatever, you know, if you have qualms, there's more to pick apart. I think if you're not putting as much money into them as well, like as in if you can put, like pay twenty five pound for a smaller game and it has those problems, mm. you're a lot more forgiving of it than something you're paying sixty pound yeah. for. Yeah. You're getting the same thing over and over and over and over again with whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just putting a little piece in, at least it's more entertaining in that aspect yeah, as well, yeah. which is something that you don't see a lot often because everything is all about money. Isn't it? <laughs> so it's always really expensive. Mm-hmm. That the industry does kind of have a, an obsession with inflation and yeah. growth, where it's like it's like it's it's okay to just kind of keep doing the yeah. stuff that you've been doing. That the things that exemplify why we fell in love with the industry in the first place. Like give us more games like that. Yeah. And um, the next one down I've got is Control, and then we'll get onto Singing City, which is one that Ash finished the other week, yeah. I believe. And um, but Control for now is Remedy's new one, um, which is published by Five Five Games, who also did Sniper Elite uh, and Virginia. Virginia is like indie as hell. It is. Um, totally recommend it. But really it's, good. Yeah, it's it's a bit sprawling. Whoa. It's a very Josh Brown game. But um, but <laughs> I don't know what cool. that means. But it means indie yes. as hell. Mister okay. JP is my go-to for any indie <laughs> film or indie game. Um, but Controllo um, being Remedy's new thing, like they've kind of like they've sort of flirted with like different kind of horror aesthetics and different Twin Peaks or surrealist stuff in the last like their last few games, especially in Alan Wake um, and some of the TV shows that are in Max Payne. But with Control, as much as it's marketed as this kind of overt action thing, kind of like Die Hard style, it's like she's trapped in this big building and whatever. Like the main sort of like meat of that game is this like supernatural thriller mm. where it doesn't really once the once the story's kind of got out of the way like the whole end game stuff or whatever it's, it's about living in that space and what that building is and slowly picking apart like the research facility and what was really going on yeah whatever like that's the best stuff in there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for me control is one of the most interesting ones on this list because mm. when you look at it even when you play it it has all the hallmarks of a regular triple a blockbuster it doesn't play like a hellblade it doesn't mm. play like a plague tale it, anthem it wishes robust. it was control anthem wishes it was control it <laughs> yeah. plays so sickly smooth but like you said when it comes to the story and the setting and the world like it's weird as all hell man it has it has this no spoilers but it has this music video in it that's one of my favorite things of the year (laughs) I I said Scott as soon as I cut into work this morning he's already seen it but I just had to share this Ash when you get to it you will laugh uncontrollably because it is amazing but it's weird and it just reminded me of how kind of boring a lot of AAA (laughs) games had come you you wouldn't find that same scene in sort of your major like a day has gone or something yeah. or it would be like obfuscated yeah mm-hmm. I feel like when, when AAA games do experiment with weird things they do it very safely so like yes. stuff like when you get in um, L Scrolls Fallout Red Dead Redemption the massive open world games that are AAA like big big behemoth titles mm-hmm. um, beh- behemoth behemoth oh this divides entire populaces no but I'm going behemoth but behemoth yeah. the big games um, basically when they when they experiment it's very it's, it's by the books isn't it like Red Dead Redemption when it had UFOs it was like okay it's an odd little easter egg right. you can find it wasn't anything like mega in your face weird yeah. you mm-hmm. had to go out and find it like oh okay here's a weird town of like incestuous zombie people or whatever but they're all still actually a bit normal <laughs> Elder Scrolls as well like the cannibal people all fit into their narrative like mm-hmm. very very plainly like, I feel like they relied upon the fantastical nature of their world to begin with to not go really out there whereas when you get a double A game mm-hmm. they're really not scared to just absolutely yeah. like, which is like that's really interesting because out. speaking of aliens and like rockstar stuff like stop doing that the, the audio people won't know what's going on <laughs> but um, you have to check out the video to find out what we're talking about a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. But um, yeah, the, the, speaking of like aliens and rockstar stuff, mm-hmm. one of the most talked about scenes that in isolation from GTA Five is the alien encounter bit, yeah. which is like the mm-hmm. most random thing, um, but kind of showed Rockstar kind of pushing the envelope and doing something that is a bit more out there. Um, but in Control's case, yeah, like you said, there's a whole music video near the end. There's a whole puppet show in that in that game mm-hmm. that like <laughs> you find entire I episodes of, and just like they clearly went out of their way to make an like literally made an entire puppet TV show and then just hid it in TVs all around that game. Um, you know, they have a whole bunch of live action actors mm-hmm. that represent the versions that are in the game that you can find different clips of and stuff and um, there's so much personality in that game um, and even like a band like Poets of the Fall that were in uh, Max Payne 2 and have always been in their game since then and um, they released new music that then got premiered in the game so it's like and they kind of break the fourth wall and Poets of the Fall as a band play a role in the supernatural stuff yeah it's like if you liked uh, Remedy or you like games that have like these sort of like signature identifiable personalities this thing is like the most flamboyant one of mm. them yeah I think that's a key word there like personality mm, I feel yeah. like it, that's very much what defines the indie space but that in a, in a lot of ways has sort of fallen out the triple A space yeah. like a lot of games like I said before just feel kind of homogenous and even though the mechanics and the stories might be really good and satisfying mm-hmm. there's that lack of a real sort of kick up the bot like creative spark that I think <laughs> something like Control just has all over it I think when you have that personality as well you're sort of more willing to sort of cut it some slack when it comes mm-hmm. to the flaws you kind of it's like more I see what you were going for yeah like... it's like I see what you're going for and you might not have had the sort of resources to achieve it but you know what I've had a bloody good time mm-hmm. you these ideas what you <laughs> at least you Boys. went for the thrust yeah I mean I think um, yeah Control's a fascinating thing uh, me and Josh and Ben Roy are going to do a spoiler cast on the over on the What Culture Gaming channel because you'll be no What Culture Gaming podcast That's channel because you'll be listening to this on the regular channel if you're watching the video anyway um, so you can come back for that but the next game down is uh, Sinking City which I know nothing about I know that it's published by Big Ben yes it tell is us things Ash uh, I haven't finished it but I haven't what the hell? I'm going to say that right now because it's massive <laughs> and uh, it, it, it gets things wrong it gets things okay. wrong because it gets very repetitive the way that it runs you it's like running through treacle trying to get all over the city the ideas it has though are fantastic like the whole HP Lovecraft horror world you're a detective you go into this little horror-y Lovecraft city mm-hmm. there's the uh, Innsmouth of fish people and then there's this other family called the Throgmortons which are like gorilla people Great name. Um, and, they're, and they're kind of like have this all, there's all this tension about that that's going on and you've got to sort it out and realise why everyone's having these strange visions and like weird images coming to them hallucinations everyone's a bit mental running around the <laughs> island so you've got to go and figure out what's going on how it's happened and uh, how it's got to this sort of state whilst you're also suffering from really weird nightmares about Eldritch horrors coming to try and eat okay. you and stuff. The so, worst horrors, to be fair. Yeah, yeah honestly, yeah. Eldritch horrors. No, thank you. But <laughs> the uh, the whole game premise itself is fantastic, mm-hmm. and the way that it is drawn from H.P. Lovecraft's work and 
turned it into uh, like a livable environment as well as critiqued the more like less savory elements of his work as mm-hmm. well is a fantastic way that they've done it but there is problems with it but I would I forgive it so much because of it's the, trying yeah because of the double A space that we're talking about here I feel like I was I was very much like in love with the way that it, it, it did everything mm-hmm. and that it tried and that it's got all of these different things that it wants to offer up so like investigation uh, is about pinning things on the map yourself like it doesn't tell you where to go or what to do you have to oh. figure it all out like be a proper detective and all that sort of thing and then enter these like weird portals where you can see the past and crime scenes that sort of thing and figure out what's going on through ghosts walking through your path and all that sort of stuff so like the way that it, it tries to tell its story and how weird it gets is it's just excellent it's just not something yeah. you see every day like it's but you're playing it it's very much like okay geez all right so like, <laughs> uh, everything's it's not a horror game in the same way that it tries to scare you it just tries to take you so far out of your comfort zone and plop you into something that you're not unfamiliar with mm. um that it plays for like creepy dread sort of slow burning mm-hmm. sort of thing sorry i feel like a lot of people mind a bit then <laughs> like a lot of people like know the name of the sinking city as well mm. like they seem to have done quite a good job sort of getting it out there and at least get yeah. people talking and um, i think in terms of like a budgetary sense as well like i don't know it, like i'm kind of curious as to how much because um, what do you call it? Epic Games like made their uh, Unreal Engine free like mm-hmm. it was like okay this is you can just use this stuff and you can start developing stuff and I don't know if um, I don't think Sinking City was made using the Unreal Engine but I think that like the amount of Unreal stuff that suddenly got out there kind of elevated the whole genre Yeah, like this is kind yeah. of an indie game but it still looks like it's yeah. up there and that sort of helps with people wanting to give it a shot well I suppose it's what you sort of saw on Steam with mm. Unity and stuff where you saw like these games that had like pretty decent production values yeah. suddenly pop out and anyone could essentially make a game that l- at least looks like really really stellar and professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them were bad, but <laughs> also some of them were good. And I think there's like a sort of a potential level playing field now that just wasn't there back mm-hmm. in the day where these AA games now are just more viable because mm-hmm. of the technology that they have kind of on display. In the Second City, I've only played like a couple hours of it, yeah. but I was surprised at how kind of robust it was before. Mm-hmm. Even when you were talking to me about it, I just expected kind of your run-of-the-mill AA game where it's mm-hmm. about this cool story, you've got detective, uh, detective elements and you're just sort of uncovering it. Then I realized, oh, hang on, there's combat and mm. hang on you've got this kind of weird sandbox to explore and it's really actually quite long and it had way more to it than I perhaps initially expected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that stuff's really cool I like the idea that like all of this stuff kind of helps with that um, the expectation that the average consumer has or at least in the eyes of the industry that every game needs to be this big 4k extravaganza mm-hmm. thing with amazing facial animation and whatever like you know chances are if you've been playing for playing games for a few years then you're not coming to it for the mm-hmm. window dressing you're coming for literally everything else mm-hmm. um, and those like those main game mechanics can make up for you know, maybe like a bad running mechanic or whatever, yeah. but yeah. I feel like the, the the one place that the Sinking City fell down in this weird like liminal space we're talking about mm. is that it tried too hard to hit the AAA market because it tried right. to make itself like an open world and it should have stuck to its linear roots because all the stuff in there where you're just doing the story is really good. It doesn't need it. The side missions are... are perfunctory mm. like they're not they're not really necessary so it doesn't need side missions it doesn't need all these different areas that are like massive because you, you can't get to them because they're ages away you've got to run <laughs> with your man doing a horrible horrible run the whole way um but if it if it, that that's kind of where it tripped up was was trying to reach a bit too far for mm. for triple a which i feel like is a pressure on games that they don't yeah, yeah, have yeah. to they don't have to do and i feel like seeing all of the positives of that game and of other games we've spoken about like control mm. and uh man of medan as well and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing they do it so well just going okay here's the linear story here's all the things we like here's all the experimental stuff 
let's just keep it at that. Yeah, I mean, so many devs have said, like, once you go open world, you don't go back kind of thing. Mm. And it's like, oh, once we've realized we can map our game to this open world, people will play it for longer. Mm. That means that they're engaged longer, yada, yada. But I think that that, over time, especially this generation, has like has kind of opened it back up for linear-focused experiences mm. again. Yeah. And then, then the linear stuff has become the breath of fresh air again, which, yeah. like, for me, is more than welcome. It's weird, though, isn't it? Like, how, how that's happened. Now <laughs> you go back to sort of something like even Control, which is relatively straightforward. It mm. seems like a breath of fresh air. It seems yeah. like they're doing something new when really they're just kind of re-embracing structures and genres that used to be popular in the yeah, norm, essentially. It's, um, we're, we're gradually or, or quickly running out of time, but I do have a handful wow. more things. Um, Astral Chain, um, I'll mention this quickly because it was published by Nintendo, but the general feel of Astral Chain, it's Platinum's new action game, um, feels like this isn't meant in the best way possible. It feels like a PS2 game. <laughs> and like I mean that in... This like, is the thing, double-A games feel like PS2 games. Yeah, and it's like that, like mid, like mid, that, that, like the PS2, the Xbox, like the mid-2000s, the, the really lovable stuff that mm. was the right balance between, you know, like some creative, like pitching an idea and it not like having to cost the earth to bring it to life but giving it enough money to bring it to life and letting us play it kind of thing. Um, Astral Chain is like just doesn't play like anything else. It's all about using the right analog stick to like move your character or move this demon thing that you can summon around enemies. And then you sort of do face button attacks after that and mm. whatever. But a lot of the combat's done using the triggers and the right analog stick and things like that. Um, and it's just like it would be too risky for someone like an EA or an Activision to invest in. But um, Nintendo obviously are a bit more playful with their money. But I think that the overall look of that game is so like it is kind of derezzed. It's cell shaded. It's quite blocky. There's not really any face animation it's just solid character models um, and those things like allow it to have more fun with its gameplay mechanics yeah. um, and that's one of the things that I adore about it like playing through it I was like this like I said it feels like a PS2 game in a way that I didn't realize I missed yes. and it's like a lot of the games do that where it's, it reminds you of things that you used to adore like I said reasons you fell in, in love with the industry in the first well, place well it's even it's it's sort of similar I guess because it's platinum game still but Nier Automata mm. when that came out last year or the year before I think 2017. it was the year before 2017 that sort of even though Square Enix published it, you could tell they kind of it was had... 2018, I lied. Did I? I don't oh know. God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I tried to crack myself. The, I don't know anymore. The time is ticking down, and we just don't know what's happening anymore. Uh, yeah, even that, even though it was published by Square Enix, like, you could tell they didn't really have much faith in the product. Even <laughs> they even admitted, like, we had no idea it was going to sell so much, become so popular. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's because it embraced those same principles and mm -hmm. philosophies that, you know, mm -hmm. we love about... Triple A stuff. It it felt kind of like a throwback. It, mechanically, it was solid, but nothing spectacular. But it mm -hmm. had such great ideas and such gr a great setting and great characters and great uh, sort of just a great realization of its own sort of themes and yeah. ideas yeah. that you, people gravitated towards it and then it's sold like hotcakes mm -hmm. and now suddenly Nia is this kind of major big franchise it's like a known for Square quantity, Enix. Yeah. yeah, it's like, how has that happened? Well, it was like mentioned alongside Breath of the Wild and everything else. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, the, like Nia is like a known thing. Yoko Taro is going to do the next Final Fantasy, which is like the biggest step up ever from anyone Crazy. in the history of gaming, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, the, last, the last couple, uh, first one is Blair Witch, which I haven't mm -hmm. played yet, but I know Josh has. I don't know if you guys both On have. the list, it's on my list. Okay, okay. Because like this is the general sort of like setup for Blair Witch is that it's made, or it's either Published by Aspire, made by Bluber Team. Yes, I love the word Bluber as well. Well, Bluber Team have been Still. sort of been uh, they've had success in this space for a while now. They did the Layers of Fear games. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they did Observation. Now they've done this, which is like a big license title. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of again, it has sort of the jank that we've come to expect from games in this sort of realm. From PS2 games, but you're from PS2 <laughs> games. But at the same time, it does have like a weird ambition at the heart of it that mm -hmm. again has a it gives it a lot of personality, and they they know how to do horror really well. They're they're well versed in this genre, so mm -hmm. like. 
mechanically you're in for a really sound experience and from a structural perspective it really flows well it's just again it like it has a ambition that I just gravitate towards even it's though like, it doesn't always it aims for the sky and doesn't yeah. quite get there there's nothing about these games as well like they seem more open for getting put on like PS Now and games and uh, Game Pass and yeah. stuff yeah. like they're more they don't need to recoup massive ridiculous budgets so they can just be played and more frequently like something like Blair Witch is just on Game Pass from day one which mm. is like you know like a godsend and the thing we can end on is Man of Medan which is the new one from Supermassive hey, Games yeah. um, and uh, that is published by Bandai Namco but mm. I feel like Man of Medan's overall uh, budget seems nowhere near what Until Dawn was or its general level of polish isn't what Until Dawn was mm. I don't know Ooh, have you played a bit of it no no I've just seen it like be yeah. played but it's just like the like I remember when Until Dawn was getting um, uh, advertised and it was like okay we have Hayden Panettiere mm. and um, dude who has Iceman has Sean Ashmore Sean Ashmore yeah no he doesn't do anything dude. he hasn't done anything since hey. Quantum Break hey Iceman <laughs> he hasn't but Mr. Robot was in Blooming Until no, Dawn yeah but he wasn't uh, what? no what? Sean Ashmore is a, is a good is a good is a good man oh he's good I just think he's cheap I'm pretty sure you could afford him. We could get Sean Ashmore in. Whoa, ridiculous <laughs> claims at the end of this video. Yeah. I'm going to message Sean Ashmore. <laughs> he's, not, he's not a big dude. He's not costing the budget. Sean Ashmore. Get him on our yeah. podcast. Get him on our podcast. <laughs> For that, get him on our podcast. He can host it instead of you. Sean Ashmore's a, big, a big dude. Yeah. Oh, he's like... Oh, anyway. He was Iceman 10 years ago. Oh, my God. That's still important and special. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's just like, a game any good. <sighs> yeah, Sean Ashmore's really good at it, actually. But, yeah, no... Uh, Who's that? <laughs> oh, right, so Man of Medan, uh, it's a, it, again, you know, the reach for the skies kind of trips a bit along the way. Mm. It's three to five hours, so it's not very long at all, which is what took me aback at first. But like the way that it, it focuses on, um, it, it more focuses on like facial animations and making characters very believable because it's like uh, all motion capture sort mm -hmm. of thing. So the way that it's experimented is more towards the visual side, I'd say, than its gameplay because it knows what its gameplay is from right. being until dawn. So it's the same again there. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like that's another great double A experimental game that if you just want to dip into that kind of takes all of the heart of Telltale and um, old like narrative, choose your own adventures, mm. storybooks and that sort of thing and spins it into something modern and accessible uh, at a good price range. And it's not perfect, but it has lots of things to praise in it. Like the the narrative itself is is great. Mm -hmm. Like it's a really good story. It toys with what's real, what's not, and all that sort of thing. Um, the actors that it's got in are also great, like Sean Ashmore. <laughs> Who else has it got in? I don't know the other thing. Good. <laughs> but Sean Ashmore's in it and he's important. So. Triple A actor, Sean yeah. Ashmore. But uh, he's a double A actor, but he's important. Um, but yeah, I, and um, the way that it plays with choice, branching narratives, it has this whole heartbeat mechanic where like in the in, Until Dawn it's about staying still and using um, mm. the touchpad and that sort of thing. Like I feel like that played with the way that you use controllers really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, this one kind of takes long and you have to do heartbeat uh, matching. So, so someone's walking around the corner oh, okay. and, like, and you go, boodoo, boodoo. <laughs> otherwise uh, they catch you and like, oh, I can hear your heart beating, beating <laughs> out of time. Um, but, As yeah. you do. Because that, that was the sort of thing I was getting at with the budget stuff is like, because I felt like when Until Dawn came out, it was this big like AAA PS4 exclusive and it had all the Sony marketing and everything behind it. Whereas Man of Medan like, um, just doesn't really seem to be getting anything close to the same push. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's because they've put more of their budget into the game itself or the production overall was reduced or yeah. yeah like not I don't know I don't know anything really about like how they tackled things since until dawn but obviously they is after that game came out they worked on a lot of VR te mm. uh, VR titles Teetles. for Sony titles which Teetles. were more smaller scale experiences and it kind of feels like 
um, Man of Medan might be somewhere in between mm. those titles and a proper mm-hmm. full-fledged like Until Dawn sequel. So I guess it would sort of still you know, just because like, yeah, they did a whole space. bunch of like ra- like random first-person shooter type stuff, which I would have hoped would then funnel back into Man of Medan. But then Man of Medan is still kind of split across a yeah. bunch of episodes. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have like combat or anything mm. like well, it, nah. It, it, has, <laughs> like, it has like some like a couple of like smack mechanics, but mm-hmm. that's about it. But yeah, no, um, it, it does feel like Until Dawn Light is how right. it's probably had the best way of describing it. It's like it. It feels like it's taken a step back from what Until Dawn was. It's up to all the visuals, but taken a step back uh, in like the every other sense. Mm-hmm. But that it's going to come biannually and have so many installments to it. It can only get better. And where it's going to go is a lot more exciting right. and a lot more reason to invest in it. And I... I, I I feel like the long-running narrative that can come from this sort of this sort of title with this sort of budget and that is this accessible on the price range it's on mm-hmm. is uh, something the industry needs and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, room for improvement as well that we'll continue to see. Whereas AAA games, it's like as big as brash, as loud as possible, <laughs> and then how can we make it like 4K graphically incomprehensible? Oh my god, my eyeballs have exploded! Rather mm-hmm. than looking at everything else. Plus, that like, you wouldn't even get a game like this from any of those like big AAA yeah. publishers. They wouldn't even greenlight it. It's not something that would make the mass return or. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, like I just like, like I said, reducing the sort of production overall and getting Mr. Ashmore in means that they can like, get it out without running the risk of annoying a bigger tier developer or a publisher or whatever. But yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below. Have you noticed this sort of trend about double A games and what are some of your favourites? For now, though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Goodbye, and Ash Millman. Goodbye. I'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.